Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. Lord, in this glorious atmosphere, as we worship the living King, wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace, according to Isaiah 9 verse 6. This is who you are to us, the wonderful Father. Yes, Father, we give you glory. It is our honor to worship you like this. It is our will to obey you. We surrender to you. We want to give you our hearts. We want to give you our lives. We want to give you all that we have and all that we are so that you, Lord, can be glorified through our lives. Let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth and in our lives as it is in heaven. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you, Lord. So, you may take your seats. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you once again here in the house of the Lord. Such a lot of people. And the first service, even more this week. Wow, I tell you what, something is busy happening. And uh, people are adding themselves unto the congregation here. Hence, also, we have to have a um, about every, between three and five years, registration because people move around and we do not know who they are. You get a lot of people coming to the church uh, wanting some kind of facility or whatever the case would be, and they're not even part of this church. At least we know and we recognize those that are part of Little Force Christian Center. And once again, may the Lord bless you in this year. Um, I have uh, some things to share with you, which I think is very, very important. We've come through the Daniel fast. May I say to you, and again say to you, I think... And I'm persuaded this Daniel fast now to me was the most important one that we've had 33 times in a row and uh, such a long period of time of doing the Daniel fast. It was just everything I research. My life is like that. Everything I research and I see these things, I particularly look at the Hebrew and I look at the algorithms within scripture itself and the biblical mathematics and all the codes that all things point towards from you. This year is a turning point year. This year is an acceleration year. 2023, three, of course, we know is the third letter of the Hebrew alphabet because the numerics are, are connected to letters in Hebrew. And so we find that you have Aleph, one, uh, Beth, two, Gimel, which is the uh, word for a camel. And it's the early pictography. It's an image of, an, of a camel, which means to be lifted up by a camel to a higher level, to be transported by an animal, in this case, for the illustration, that is capable to drink, of drinking 100 liters of water. If it's very thirsty, a big camel can drink 100 liters of water and travel for a long time without any further water. It is just an amazing thing how the system of that animal actually works in order to contain the water within that system. So it protects the rider, the person being transported against dust storms. It also is there to form a covering in times of those winds and things in the desert and from the sun and at night 
the life, the domesticated life of camels have been documented for thousands of years. And so the year of transportation, God lifting us up in accordance with the metaphor that we're using, God lifts us up, take us, takes us from point A to point B to a destination where he wants us to be at the end of the year and for the rest of our lives. Hence, we do a Daniel fast. It's never been to me about the diet. And I must tell you, it's never been to particularly what I eat or don't. I just eat whatever board puts in front of me, I eat. And of course, to sustain the Daniel fast is quite another thing. I had some situation I remember about in the middle of the Daniel fast. We had some of the children there, and they happily, happily, because like um, Marie and, 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 and the kids, they, they come in and then they do the Daniel fast from the first of the year. And uh, so they, they finish earlier. So they have this nice bride and this fragrance hanging in the air. And um, I'm, I'm walking out there and uh, just, you know, you just do that, you, you know, and, but you're looking at that meat, you see that sizzling meat up there on the grill and you want to take a bite at that. And then they all go and they have a rest. This on a Sunday afternoon. They've now had their lunch and uh, I've had my crunch of vegetables. Hallelujah. Uh, and... Um, I am, as I told you before, I am a meat eater. I love my meats. I love my steaks. I don't know if anybody likes that in this place. How many of you also like meat? Let me see your hands right there. Absolutely. So suffering in silence. They all go. They have a rest before the Sunday evening service. And I'm left behind. And here in front of me is a whole pile of this meat. And I've got to take it, put it in the fridge. And... And nobody's looking at me now. I am alone, you know. But someone is watching me. Self-control. And then I thought, I mustn't stop smelling, just look at it. That's worse. Now you get, you get the smell plus the, uh, the look, but you may not bite. I tell you, come that far from a bite. Amen? And so it's like I'm fasting a long water fast, and a dear little lady arrives. I think I told you this. In fact, I have told uh, that she brings me a packet of biltong for the pastor. But the pastor is busy fasting on water. And then I, Maud makes fish in the kitchen for the kids and the rest of the family. And you know how fish finds a way through a wooden door. That smell comes through. It's the most amazing thing. Fish has got an enormously powerful smell. Ask me, I fasted. I could still withstand the smell of meat, but fish coming through the door. And I prefer meat to fish. But wow, it is a thing. At the end of the day, this fast was there to configure the rest of this year. This fast was there as a very intense devotion to God. People were reading their Bible. People were really doing the Daniel fast with us. We were all a group. We did it. You and I, we were into this thing. And um, I remember going through large portions of Scripture in this period of time, and uh, both Old and New Testament, and I remember tons of prayer. This time, I mean, I, th I don't think I've had a Daniel fast that I had so much prayer. So it was just a period of time of, Lord, I am yours. Lord, I give you my heart. 
I give you my all. I give you my strength. I love you, Lord. And you worship God, and you go on your knees, and you're worshiping God in the early hours of each day. God wakes us up, and then I know it's time to go. <clears throat> and you go through this. At the end of it, it is terribly important that you build up what you should build up spiritually. And then, of course, there is the constant reading of the Word. That is the principle of knowing and growing. To know the Word and grow spiritually with it. The intake of the Word causes growth. The Bible talks of the washing of water by the Word of God. And so, as this takes place, the Word of God alike or likened unto water when you receive it, that it causes growth as water causes growth in plants. And so in this period of time, this high devotion, I remember also very clearly that um, it is something that I have to explain to you today, that our, our prayer life forms like a moving shield that we get in behind that prayer life and we move forward with that prayer life. I can remember, I told the people at the first service also, when I was a, a young man, a young boy, schoolboy, who used to play rugby, athletics, rugby, swimming, all these things, but now specifically play rugby out there at a place called Willowball Park on the side of Benoni. And we had to go right across the town because the high school never had any rugby fields. So I had to go right across town to go and practice rugby and they work your case for you, those people that coach you. And you're training for that period of time in the afternoon because there's a match coming on the Saturday. And uh, then you've got to get on the bikes. And you ride with your bicycle. And uh, so Benonia has got a dam at the bottom. And you go down from Willamore Park to the dam. And then up again past the high school. Up, 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 up. You climb till finally you get home. And so you get quite exhausted when you perspire up that hill. But now there's the occasion that there comes a big truck. And the big truck has got a nice thing attached to it. And that is like a, a windslip that is just behind the truck. So we, as schoolboys, we just jump into that, that wind, empty wind space there with no resistance. And, and, and you're going up, up the hill. And it's like... You don't really feel that because you've got this multi-cog bicycle and you don't really feel all of that as you should be because there's no wind resistance. You're in that wind shadow right behind the truck. Sometimes if you're really tired, we do something. The trucks are also going slow up the hill. You do something, hold on to the truck. That's dangerous. But uh, to go up the hill in that wind slip, so is our prayer life. Our prayer life puts us in a position where you have this shield of faith shield of prayer ahead of you. You pray and you move behind that prayer by faith. You pray and you follow what you're praying for by faith. So it is something that makes it so much easier. I think a lot of people have got a lot of difficulty simply because they don't pray and simply because they don't understand what I'm talking about here. And after years and years, I spent a life of prayer. Literally, as a schoolboy, I started praying. My mother taught me to pray. And we prayed all till now. And I think there were thousands of times I would have had a difficult time in what thing soever if it wasn't for prayer and if it wasn't my parents that prayed for me also. They both every day would pray for all the children and we'd go out there and do what we had to do in terms of school. So in all those years, I remember the prayer. I remember the prayer with every step of my life. But then came a time 
way back there in 1979, 79, when I made a proper commitment to God. And there everything begins to change. Stepping out of the university, everything then changed. There was a time now ahead of me that uh, God was tapping on my shoulder to get into the full-time ministry, and I did. So I stand here today. So a Daniel fast puts that shield of protection ahead of you as you walk through the year, as you proceed through the year. Every day when you're on your way to work, every day before you hit the road, these roads now, every day that you, that you drive without traffic lights and people cutting in front of you and they being rude all the time and you have all these different dynamics you have to deal with, it's quite a thing to be a child and then or a young man of 18 and go for a driver's license now because you have to really do defensive driving. Excuse me a sec. Called it defensive driving when we did a, a course on high-speed driving out towards Hartbestwood Dam, a place called Gerotech. Defensive driving. You have to anticipate the dangers of the road and whatnot. And they teach you and they train you to do just that. So you go through life and you've got to have the prayer shield in front of you all the time. I cannot tell you, I can't begin to explain. I cannot even begin to explain. My constants, concern, emotions, the even desperate feelings, even like a parent would send his children to go to the market or whatever, or play rugby or go, go wherever, wherever. And uh, they would send the children, they'd be, they'd be concerned about their children. I wouldn't say worried, but concerned. My concern for the people of this church I cannot tell you what I go through in my heart. Every day, I'm talking to God about this. Every day, I see the people struggling through the traffic. Every day. So I get up in the mornings very early and I pray. So four o'clock is a good time to make the day, sometimes earlier than that. And just pray. And I have to keep you on a, on a constant prayer so as to preserve you, to preserve your family, preserve your loved ones against calamity and death and whatnot so that you would go through life and be blessed. Can you say amen? Would you give Jesus a praise offering? Because He's the one who does it. And so here, just very quickly, I want to say, we're talking about the advancing of the kingdom of God. And um, here in Matthew 11, verse number 12, I began to read that for the people this morning. This very important verse, and I read from the New International Version, which actually is the world's top-selling Bible. We just prefer the word-to-word -word translation ESV or New King James translation. And so if you look at the um, scripture of Matthew chapter 11 and verse 12, and I take this again, I've done it before, but it's that important. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. If you take it from another translation, it would say from the days, this is like ESV, of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. So it's like kind of saying the opposite of the other one. The one say, says it's forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it, advancing forcefully. The other one says has suffered 
the word has suffered, those two words do not appear. I'm looking straight here at the Greek text in front of me. It's not there in the Greek text. So it is put in by translators interpreting it, but the key really is in the context of this verse because it speaks of John the Baptist that bursts onto the scenes and preparing the way of the Lord, coming in the spirit and power of Elijah. And Jesus, in fact, here says in verse 14, if you're willing to accept it, says the Lord Jesus, he is the Elijah who was to come. He is the Elijah, John the Baptist. So he comes in with a force and he preaches the kingdom of God, repentance of the people and baptizes them. Then comes Jesus, and he is baptized by John the Baptist. And as he begins in Matthew chapter before, he begins to speak of the kingdom of heaven immediately. So from him, it moves on. It goes to uh, the disciples who become the apostles, who go to the day of Pentecost. Then they release the power of God through their prayer lives and their Pentecost. Then the kingdom advances, and the kingdom has, has been advancing ever since those days of the cross of Jesus Christ and the resurrection when the Lord came out as the first begotten of the dead, immediately the kingdom of God was advancing. Advancing means that it says here, if you look at the NIV translation, I think this is more, more accurate if I read the Greek here, has been forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. In the context of talking about John the Baptist, you understand that. So forcefully advancing, we are moving forward and we are, listen to me now, pushing back the darkness. And so will you do through your prayer life. There are demons of hell that would love to take your soul down to hell. There are demons and, and um, you know, their principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, the spiritual hosts of wickedness of the heavenies, spirits of witchcraft, divination, sorcery, Satanism, occultism, spiritism, idolatry. All these things are out there. They are inhabiting the cities and they want to make the life of people miserable. But your prayer life makes the difference. And we know that prayer is that powerful if you pray and you use the sword of the Spirit. So, for example, in the morning, uh, when I get up, and this is now personally now what I do, I would spend a period of time, I would spend time in the Spirit with God, I'd spend time with God listing a few things I want to pray for, and these are prominent things among those prominent things are you. And I would list it before the Lord, and then in the process of such, uh, I would find myself quoting scriptures concerning these things I'm asking. Now, when I'm praying alone, I quote scriptures. So these scriptures roll out and uh, they, they, they are there. And it's an amazing thing. The moment I start speaking scriptures over the people, over the church, then there's this huge presence of the Lord that comes into my study. And I feel immediately God is right here, right now. And so you labor together in the spirit with the Lord, praying for the people, praying for your family, praying for your future, your future, praying that all be well with you. Now, for me, it is to mobilize you and to get you also into this prayer rollout so that this year would be a special year of prayer for you and that you can go from point A to point D, point B personally in your life. So having said that, we, as we advance in the kingdom, we also have to have the advance of the kingdom in our lives. You know, I was thinking 
about what Maud actually said a week ago when she was talking about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not a church building. The kingdom of God is not all the church building on the planet. The kingdom of God, some will say, as the Lord Jesus said, they will say, see here, see there. The kingdom of God is with you, he goes on to say, and shall be within you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 tells you that you are a temple of the living God. So the kingdom of God at once comes into your heart through Jesus Christ, fills you with the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> and all the ability that you need to be a success. <clears throat> the kingdom of God comes into your life. Now, there is, it's almost like, it's almost like, like um, nuclear fusion when you have the forces that work in, in a nuclear reaction. That within the inside of you, there's the God element. You are now a temple of the Holy Spirit. And the moment you pray, the first place you push back the darkness is the doctors of the own, every person's works of the flesh. And you start praying, and then that goes out. And there's no desire now to pray like that and then go and sin and spoil it all. It's just too precious. You don't want to spoil it. And you want God to show up at every prayer meeting that you have with Him in your own place, in your own closet, wherever you go to pray, and you find a place of privacy that you want to do that. So, first place to push back the doctors is to deal with the lower nature. Now, if I think of Romans chapter 8, verse 13, if you by the Holy Spirit mortify the deeds of the flesh, you will live. So the Holy Spirit power causes a, 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 it's almost like a, a paralysis uh, in this world, why we're still in this world without the glorified bodies of the saints, Philippians 3, verse 20, 21. Uh, it causes like the, the, um, these works of the flesh to lose their power to control your life and you become Christ-like. You become a spiritual man. You become a spiritual woman. You become a Christ-like person. You can help people. And so now in growing and knowing or knowing and growing, you grow in the knowledge of the Word. That's why the Bible school is just that important to me. I was saying the first service. I, I, when we began, I made some calculations. 1986 now. I made calculations of what I taught in those first years in the Bible school. It amounts to about 16 years of, of if I preached only Bible school material, like lectures, for the next 16 years, every service, I would hardly cover because now the Bible school in its knowledge bank, in its library, has about 20 years, I would say, at least of knowledge. So that knowledge is pure knowledge of the Word. I'm equipping myself with this knowledge. So in the mornings when I quote the Word, it lights up a fire. It, it's, like, it's like lightning bolts. It's like thunder, lightning bolts, in the camp of the enemy. So the demons get away. Somebody one day said, I've been saying it ever since. It says, the moment you wake up in the morning, 
those demons must say, oh, oh, he's woken up again, she's woken up again, and uh, we get a better bit. That's the intercessor. That one just now is going to start binding and loosing and using the weapons of our warfare, mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, and we are going to be in that strike range where I said like lightning bolts and thunder, we're going to be too close. We better go to some other place and, and, and just go and do whatever they do wherever they go. So your prayer life not only provides that shield and you're getting behind it in that shadow, in that wind shadow, so to speak, you're moving right behind the own shield of prayer that you've created. And uh, you find yourself surrounded with favor no matter where you go. No matter if it's in a restaurant, whether it's at the shop, if I have the gap, you better believe it, this man talks to whoever's talking to me. I would identify myself as a man of God, ask them straight, are you a Christian? Ask them straight. They say, yes, I am. I said, great. Now, let me see your name. And I would analyze their name quickly in the Hebrew and then take it and tell them this what your name actually means. If I take the consonants out of your name and I take the, uh, the uh, concept that it, it Every person has a name, and they live up to those names. So you go through life like that, wanting to activate the kingdom of God. Now watch this. The kingdom of God, I'm going to get back to the first point, has to manifest individually in your own life as you let the Word of God have its way throughout all your life and thinking. In the congregation, here the kingdom of God assembles the people of the kingdom of God the temples of the Holy Spirit. Then on a national basis, then on an international global basis, the kingdom of God. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven right here in South Africa. So I pray over the nation via the royal prayer of the Lord, our Father which art in heaven. So we pray for the nation and we believe God that therefore all of us, Everybody, because God loves all of us. And uh, that there be for, for all of us a better tomorrow as the Lord helps us and we take Jesus, our Lord and Savior, proverbially hand in hand with the Lord. There's a beautiful song called, I'll Walk With God. Now, if I walk and if I'm going to pray, this is where, to me, the rubber hits the road. The kingdom of God is advancing. And if I look here, it's kind of... Forceful men take it by force. You advance, but with determination. You stand in the gap. You do paga, which is the Hebrew word for, for intercession. You're praying forward, and you move into that, that shield that you've just created. Now, if I look at Ephesians chapter number 6, and I look at verse number 12, it says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Actually, I could just read it a little bit earlier. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, verse 10, and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And uh, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, wrestle principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavens. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand. Now, if you look at the armor of God, I'll take it slower after this, but let me just read through this. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with the truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking up the shield of faith wherewith you can quench all the fiery darts of the enemy 
enemy or the wicked one and take up the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all manner of prayer. And there's prayer again. And supplication, it's a higher level of prayer, more intense prayer in other words. In the spirit, being watchful to this end with perseverance for all this and supplication for all the saints and for me, says Paul, that utterance may be given to me. Now, here is a thing. And I think it is a blunt mistake of billions, billions. Paul provides us here with an insight that is unusual. He lists the various category of demonic forces, principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenlies. Um, and when he does that, when he does that, he says, therefore, having done all to stand, stand therefore. And you've got to put on the armor of God. And then at the end of that, praying always with all manner of prayer in the Spirit and watching uh, in the Spirit, watching thereunto with perseverance for all the saints. And for me, that I may open my mouth boldly and speak the message of the mystery of the gospel of peace. And this is the Apostle Paul's words now. But if I take this, for me, it is standard procedure on a daily basis to put on the armor of God. Now I know behind me there is, a, there is an image of some warrior, whatever the case may be. It doesn't quite look like a Roman soldier to me because Paul was using the pictography of uh, the artwork of a Roman soldier that as a symbol or as an analogy of uh, what he spoke about and how we should be protected. I always begin like this. I'm going to take it through two times, emphasize different things. The first thing I do is, if you want to memorize the armor of God very easily, you begin with your head. And we're going to move down to the feet. And then you're going to take up the shield of faith and finally the sword of the Spirit. So you begin with the helmet of salvation. Now your mind is protected and saved because the helmet of salvation saves you from the devil speaking into your mind. You pray the blood of Jesus over your life. I do that every day to protect you. And you cover yourself with the helmet of salvation. You cover yourself and you fill your mind with the Word of God. And you begin to see life from a new perspective. So if I then take up the armor of God, helmet of salvation, it is there to protect me. Paul the Apostle goes on uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter number 3. He says these words. Uh, from verse 3 and onwards, 3, 4, 5, and so on. He says these words. He says, uh, though we walk in the flesh, that means in these mortal bodies, we do not war according to the flesh, but the weapons, the weapons, the weapons of our warfare. There are some weapons there that the people need to know about. Maybe I'll spend some time with you about just exactly that. Maybe in the next session or so. Just get down to what you can do. You deploy armor and uh, weaponry that the devil simply has no answer for. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, not of the flesh, but is mighty. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. God does not break his promises, but he breaks the chains of bondage on people. So the pulling down of strongholds and casting down, now notice, strongholds going on, casting down. Strongholds casting down vain imaginations. 
So strongholds casting on vain imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge, the word knowledge is the key. Casting down imaginations that are useless and uh, everything that comes against the knowledge that the word of God, the word of truth gives you. That puts you in a position where your mind is quite very powerfully protected because we war not according to the flesh, but according to the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. We take up the full armor of God. And now with that in mind, we are busy casting down all these things a country. People fear for nothing. Who can add one cubit to your stature, said the Lord Jesus. But you cast down those empty, powerless, senseless reasons of thought. Fill yourself with the Word of God this year. Put on the armor of God, helmet of salvation, let's go down. With the, the breastplate of righteousness over your heart. Righteousness, Christ has been made unto us. Wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So that righteousness is when you are just. The ears of the Lord are upon the, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. So the focal point is, I have got to live in right standing with God. Then the next thing is, you gird your loins with the truth. Now the loins here, this part of the body, the lower end of the body, of the torso, so to speak, uh, contains the, the, the organs of, of um, generation of, of people or birth. That is where people uh, carry the reproductive organs, so to speak. But now we talk spiritually. So it is not the bridegroom that gives birth. It is the bride that actually has the birth. See, we are now, we've received the word. The sower soweth the word and uh, Matthew chapter number uh, 13, that the sower sows the word and the word is, is, is the seed that the sower actually saved. I just put that right, the sower sows the seed. And then that seed is the word of God. If we take it, we cross-reference cross it in the, in the gospels, it's clear that the word is, the seed is the word. And you put the seed in your heart, you get born again. Now we become part of the bride of Christ. A bride gives birth, not the husband. So we gird our loins with the truth. You give birth through truth. You give failure without truth. Liars are outside of the kingdom of God. Read Revelation 21, 22. In fact, the whole book of Revelation outside are the liars. So very important that I would speak the truth and the truth generates power of the kingdom of God through my life. Furthermore, uh, now after that, I shot my feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The word preparation there can be translated preparedness or preparation. So you know what? I have to prepare by intake, knowing and growing. And then from there, from that intake, knowing and growing, I'm busy growing now. The, this here causes me to grow spiritually the word of God. Receive ye therefore, says the apostle Peter, like, 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 like babes, the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So you begin to grow. Spiritually, you grow. And you go on from there. And finally, now that you're prepared, 
you also, or, or, or you are, the preparation, the preparation is done. I've got the word on the inside. I'm speaking the word over my life. You need to list words that you want to remember, verses from the Bible, and confess it all the time over your life, wherever there's a problem area in your life or difficulty that you have or whatever the problem might be or difficulty might be. You take the word of God, speak it all the time under the full armor of God against it. It's fireworks against the devil. So then uh, the Bible says, take up the shield of faith. Now the just shall live by faith, for we walk by faith and not by sight. I'm just thinking here of uh, the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1 verse 16, where he says, um, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And then he says, for the just shall live by faith, verse 17. And we walk by faith and not by sight. In fact, those expressions are more in one place in the Bible. So now you are ready with a shield of faith. You get behind that windshield in that shadow. You walk into this life for it quenches all the fiery darts of the enemy against you. Now the Bible, you believe it. And if you don't believe the Bible, then you've got a problem. But if you believe the Bible, you practice this. You find your whole life change. This session will change your whole life for the whole year. Just like that. I'm not just rattling off here. I'm telling you now, this session is one of the important sessions for success for the whole year. That's why I placed it right here. Right here. And finally, to the devil's dismay, you take up the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. And with that sword of the Spirit, you strike out. That's your number one move. Say, devil, you're a liar, and you quote the scripture. And then there was, no, 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 devil, you're a liar. Devil, you're a liar. You're the father, you're the author of lies. Therefore, the word of truth says that I can bind you, and you will be bound in the heaven in this particular situation. And I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. Break your curse, break your power, pray with authority, and you see the success. Give the Lord another praise offering right now. As we come to the end of the Daniel fast, I say to you, follow me in this respect. If, like Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. In the sense that you put on the armor of God on a daily basis. Make a proper study of it. It's Ephesians 6 from verse 10, by the way. And in the 12th verse. You take that armor of God, and then he says, when you've taken up the armor of God, praying always with all manner of prayer. By the way, that all manner, that all, but means every kind of prayer. There are 11 different modes of prayer that you can deploy. And so, all manner of prayer in the Spirit, watching thereunto with perseverance for all the saints. Can you say amen? For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.